Welcome to the podcast of Scott Street MB Church. We hope you find this message inspiring and encouraging in your walk as a disciple of our Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning, church family. Merry Christmas. We're almost there. Two more sleeps and we're there. It's, uh, it's been quite a, a weekend um, with the birth of little Jeremy yesterday morning. And uh, little Ethan was just behind me in the pews and he looks at me and he goes, I'm a big brother now. Isn't that more? That's so beautiful. I'm a big, I have a little baby, he says. I have a little baby. So uh, grandpa and grandma, oma and opa, uh, it's going to get busier. It's just going to get busier and busier. God bless you and uh, David and Melanie. Six pounds, nine ounces. That's a good, healthy baby. So we're so glad that God has brought a, a new child. A new child changes everything. Suddenly you become a big brother. I remember when I had, when I had a little baby sister, when my mother had her, my little Judy, uh, I became a big brother. And uh, when she hugs me, she can't, we, I saw her last night, and she hugs me, and she says, Hi, big brother. Isn't that nice? Isn't that nice? I love my sisters. And uh, today we're talking about anticipation and uh, anticipation and love. Um, as we look forward to this, we anticipate the day, the Christmas day, the day we celebrate the birth of Christ. And I guess my question to you this morning is what do you love the most? What do you love the most? What do you truly cherish? Why don't you, I see some of you snuggling up to the person beside you. That's okay. That's a who do you love the most? Uh, would you turn to the person beside you and ask them, what do you love the most? Take 10 seconds here. What do you love the most? What do you love the most? There was a survey done in Canada of 50,000 people. They were asked, what do you love the most? And and the list was, number one, friends and a social life. Number two, a stable job. Number three, being in love. (laughs) Amen, brother. Four, recognition and success. Five, physical affection. Everybody loves a hug. My Sarah has the gift of hug, let me tell you. Number six, good financial situation. Seven, having a house or an apartment, some place to call our own. Number eight, being attractive and beautiful. Some of us have greater measures of that than others. Uh, number, uh, number nine, what do we love the most? We love our faith. We, we love what we believe in. We love our Christian walk and journey. Were any of those sort of your top nine, what you love the most? Yeah. It's interesting, in Canada, we say we love things, but um, in the English language, we only have one word for love. In Greek, we've got five. Um, so we tend to use the word love for things we actually don't love, but we like. We, rather than things that we really cherish, we use it for things we, we simply like. I love to watch that show. You know, I love, my Sarah would say, I love chocolate, but she might actually love chocolate. Um, <clears throat> you know, I love that game where the... Where the the Leafs won five to three. I love, I love sleeping in in the morning. People say, you know, we, we think those things. I'm not sure that's really a love, though. The word love, in its proper meaning, should be reserved for things that we truly cherish. 
So let's think about that which we love the most, that which we truly cherish. And keeping these thoughts of love in our mind, I'd like us to look at love through the eyes of history. Human history can be thought of as being in two parts. Um, There's everything that happened since the beginning of time, since creation. That includes all the years and millennia that uh, before humans walked the earth. And then as humans walked, and including human development since the first man and woman. And that's a long time. And it would take something significant to happen to make a break in time. What could we use to divide time? Perhaps the founding of an empire would be a good way to divide time. Maybe we should divide time by uh, the Greek Empire, the Ottoman Empire, the British Empire. Maybe we should divide time by the Roman Empire. They changed the world. But frankly, none of these empires seem to have been big enough to divide time. How can we count and divide time. What could be the reason that we are at the end of 2018? Why is it not December 4016 or something different? Why is it that my birth year is 1962? 1962. What is that based on? Even my birth year, 1962, tells you something. It tells you something happened 1,962 years before I was born. Something more important happened. You'd think that if something happened that was so important that it divided history, that it would be worth spending some time to learn about. And one of the most important and wonderful things about our faith is that it recognizes that the axis that time turns on is the birth of an infant. The axis of time turns on the birth of an infant boy, a baby boy to be precise, who divided all of history, the coming of Jesus. Christmas isn't just a a celebration, it's, it's the division of time. It's how we measure B.C. and A.D. Now, who could have seen it coming, the child, the birth of that child? Well, interestingly, the scripture that we read this morning from Isaiah was written 750 years before Jesus was born. 750 years before he was born, Isaiah wrote, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light is dawned. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Sorry, I love the Messiah. I, 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 love, I love to sing that. Of the greatness of the government and peace, there will be no end. 750 years before Jesus was born. Incredible. Isaiah had a vision of a child being born who would stop time and change everything. Every moment in history that has happened since Christ's birth, we refer to as A.D. I was born... In 1962 A.D., Anno Domini, the year of the Lord. Everything is measured from the year of the Lord. So in a very real sense, the first Christmas marks the division of time. When Jesus was born, God took on human flesh, bound himself to human bones, 
developed a respiratory system and a circulatory system, a muscle and a skeletal system. He became fully human. God took on a human form. This monumental act divides time. So that's why Christmas is so important. That's how we mark his birth. His birth marks the impact on everything. Even my birth is numbered based on his birth. At a certain point in time, 2,000 years and 18 ago, God split time. And at this time, a light came to the world. That Christmas, 2,018 years ago, we all got the best Christmas gift we could have asked for. The gift of Christ. That's a Christmas present. This gift brought light out of darkness. It brought joy out of fear. It brought love out of a hate-filled world. It changed everything. It was like a new beginning. And we began to start counting time from that very moment. The gift on the first Christmas was the gift of pure love and pure light. I remember a couple of weeks ago, our dear sister Lydia was praying. Where is my beloved Lydia? There she is. Lydia, I love it when you pray. I just want you to know when you pray, my, my heart is filled. And as you were praying, you spoke about it being your birthday. Not your birth, physical birth, but your second birth, your, the day that you came to faith. It was your birthday of, of coming to faith in Christ. Um, it was as if you, your life is divided up um, from a B.C. before Christ and an A.D. when you came to believe. And you remember that day. It was a good day. And it was a day that changed your life forever. B.C. Lydia B.C. And Lydia A.D. Well, there's, there's also a, um, a Rob B.C., a Pastor Rob B.C., and a, a Pastor Rob A.D. The B.C. part, the before Christ part of my life, um, was a dark place and a lonely place. Uh, I was, I was a, a child for... I, w- I was born that way. <laughs> and I slowly grew older, and uh, one day we'll show you pictures uh, of when I was a young child. I have the curliest hair. I have this big, massive... Uh, it's in there somewhere. But I was, I, was, uh, I was so loved. My mom and dad took care of me, and my two sisters. I was a sister sandwich, so the brother between the two beautiful sisters. And uh, I was brought up in B.C., and, and uh, you know... I, um, my B.C. years were, were sort of powerless and meaningless. I was, I know you might find this hard to believe, I was a bit of a geek. Um, you know, I was, I, was, I was, they called me Q-tip because I was very skinny with a big head of hair. Um, <laughs> you, wouldn't, you wouldn't call me that now. Although you're free to anytime you like. You know, I came to faith when I was... 14, 15 years of age. Um, I don't have the story of wine, women, in song, sort of a prodigal son story. I don't have that. I was, I was so loved and, and so cared for. I was just this geeky kid until my friend Larry asked me if I would come to youth group and come to church with him. And, and I went with Larry. I didn't really... I'd, I had been brought up in the United Church, um, but I'd never really heard the gospel. 
I'd never really heard that Jesus loved me and that, that, he, that he wanted me to be his, his son. So I went to youth group and they told me this and, uh, and somehow A.D. happened. Christ found me. What a, what a miracle. That geeky little kid gave his life to Christ. And, uh, and ever since I've been changed. You know, he, he came into my heart and, and my life has been rich and rewarding and purposeful. Um, I've had difficult times, but difficulties look different when you look at them through the eyes of faith. Amen? Yeah. So since that time, truthfully, everything good I see as a gift from God. The Bible says that God is love and the background music of his actions is love. And his invitation to each of us today is to fully enter into God's love to listen to the background music of his life and make it the background music of our life. What is the background music of your life? When people, when people first meet you, what do they think? Do they hear God singing through your words and your actions? Do they hear your gratitude? Do they, do they sense your peace? Do they, do they understand why you're so patient and kind? That's the music that you're singing. You don't even have to open your mouth. That's the music that we sing. That is a reflection. It's not really your music. It's God singing his song through us. Isn't that incredible? And this Christmas, God is singing through us. And you're going to take a poinsettia home and you're going to give it to somebody. And you don't even have to say anything except, well, I mean, you should say, I love you, and here's a poinsettia. But let sing that song of love that God started 2,018 years ago through the life of Christ. We're embraced by the love of God. He first loves us, no matter our history, no matter the things we've done or the places we've been. He loved us first, and then because of his love, we learn how to love like him. I worked for three years in a, in a penitentiary, a maximum security penitentiary, and uh, there's nothing that was more impactful when speaking to, a, um, to an inmate than letting them know that it doesn't matter what you've done. God loved you first. God loves us first. And he forgives. They, they still have to pay the penalty, and they're, they're, in, they're in the penitentiary, some of them for life. And, uh, but to know that God loved them first so just as there was a before and an after in human history, so there's a before and an af after in our lives as well. There's a B.C. and an A.D. And some of those friends of mine who, who are still serving sentences in penitentiaries, even while they're locked up, they become free. It's incredible. Even while they're serving life sentences, their life changes. And B.C. turns into A.D. And if you're here this morning and you don't know Christ, you can make a decision today that will propel you from B.C. into A.D. of your life. You can receive, receive the greatest Christmas gift ever this year by accepting the gift of God's love through the life of Jesus Christ. No one is saying that this change is easy. Many of us, many of you, my fathers and mothers and grandmothers and grandfathers, have walked the journey of faith for, for many, many years. And you know that there are struggles that continue. 
But the, the important thing to note is that even though we struggle, we're not alone. Through every moment of the rest of our lives, whether they're good moments or bad moments, we're accompanied by our loving God. He's present to celebrate the high points. When a baby is born, a little brother is born. And he's there at the low points when we say goodbye to our beloved sister Elizabeth. Births and deaths. It's our journey. And we celebrate them all. Every mountain and every valley, Christ is with us. Now, a lot of people at this point, if they're considering a journey of faith, they'll say, well, well Rob, I, I want to believe in Jesus. What's it going to cost me? What does it cost me to be a follower of Jesus? And there's two answers. The first answer is that it'll cost you nothing. Life with God's salvation is a completely free gift. There's not a finger you can lift to do anything to earn this gift. That's the thing about a gift, a real gift, is that you don't earn it. It's grace. It's yours because you are you. It costs you nothing, and you need only to believe in Jesus, in his life, death, and resurrection, that Christ's sacrifice was made for you. Do that, and you're his, and you belong to God. That's the first answer. The second answer, when you ask, well, what is it going to cost me? The second answer, it's going to cost you everything. Jesus calls us to deny ourselves and follow him, to give our whole selves to him. I think of it this way. Coming to Jesus costs our heart, our mind, our soul, and our bodies. When we say yes to him, we are not our own. We belong to him. We belong to Jesus. And at this time of year, as we think about Jesus as a little child, we become a part of this child's family. We belong to the maker of heaven and earth who is bound up in swaddling clothes. It's incredible. Our first image of Jesus is an infant. And later insights show him to be a teacher and a healer and ultimately our savior. So if you've ever wondered how Christmas could be such a big deal, why it's celebrated every year, it's because Christmas divides time between the B.C. and the A.D., Let's get back to the things we love. Like many people, I love a lot. I love music. I love the arts. I love beautiful paintings, the Impressionists. I love nature. I love creation. I love good literature. I love people. I love my family, my wife, my mother, my father, my sisters. But of all the things that I've seen and experienced in my over 50 years of life, I've got to say that nothing comes close to the love of Christ in terms of changing my life. Nothing is more comforting, nothing is more inspiring, nothing is more encouraging than the heart of the Christian faith, which is Jesus Christ. This morning, as we look forward to Christmas in two short days, let us remember the love of God shown through the birth of Christ. Let us remember the child and the king who divided history. And may each of us consider how much we are loved by the maker of heaven and earth, who proved his love by suffering on the cross for our sins and who first appeared as the Christ child on that first Christmas day. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Let's pray. Our loving Heavenly Father,
I do believe in the miracle that happened in the manger. I do believe that this Christ child was born in Bethlehem and is exactly who he claimed to be. He is God in the flesh, the Lord of life, the Savior for all to call upon him in faith. And Father, some today know about you but don't know you. And Father, we ask that even now that anyone here or, or listening here in St. Catharines or around the world, that they, they want to follow you, that they could experience this miracle and receive the best Christmas gift ever this year, that they would receive you as their Father and their loving Lord. Father, we thank you for the joy of walking with you through our journey on earth, and we look forward to spending eternity with you. Father, our prayer is that you would use each and every one of us to extend your kingdom, to share the love and the light of Christ with our family and neighbors, with our friends and around the world. Father, watch over us as we complete our journey to Christmas this year. We pray this in Christ's name. listening. For any questions about the message or to contact any of our pastors, please visit scottstreetchurch.ca.